Thank you for tuning into the Global Novel. I'm Claire Hennessy. Thierry Grunstein is one of the leading French-speaking comic researchers and theorists whose work has profound influence beyond that field. In 1984, Grunstein became the editor-in-chief of the old fanzine Chetouf, Le Cahier de la Bande Dessinée, transforming it into one of the first publications that would lead to serious academic criticism of comics in France and beyond. He integrated the publishing company into discussions on art and culture and worked as the organizer of the famous Colloque de Sahisi. In 1987, comics, narrative, and modernity was also an important contribution. As the director of Angoulême's Musée de la Bande Dessinée, during the early 1990s, he worked on many projects such as exhibitions and their catalogs, as well as on monographs on several authors or themes and collections presented by the Angoulême Museum. He was the director of the first run of his official magazine, Le Vieux Marc. He was also the founder and editor at Editions de Lande before this publishing house was integrated by Actes Sud. He is a lecturer at European School of Image Arts and Technologies. According to the English translators of System of Comics, Thierry Grunstein is not only the most prolific scholar on the subject of comics; he is indisputably one of the best. The System of Comics is his chef d'oeuvre, his masterpiece, finally available to readers in this English edition, reaching even broader audience in the Anglophone world, and inspiring new investigations into the field of comics. Welcome, Thierry. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, Claire. It's my pleasure, and thank you for your kind introduction. Shall we begin with the captivating title of your thesis, "System of Comics," which introduces a new perspective, if not an absolute definition of comics? In French, comics is called bande dessinée, meaning comic strips, which designates so much more than its English connotation. Even though some critics claim it impossible to come with a stable definition of comics as a terminology, since doing that would involve resorting to all possible historical examples, nevertheless, this is not what you aim to achieve in the book. Is that right? Well, I've never been obsessed by the idea of providing a definition of comics. Most of the definitions that have been proposed through the years have proved to, to be overly restrictive. For instance, in the last quarter of a century, on the one hand, we've started to consider the wordless woodcut novels by Mazarel, Ward, or Knuckle as early graphic novels, and on the other hand, we've observed the development of gallery comics intended to be exhibited instead of printed, abstract comics, and digital comics. Therefore, in my book, instead of giving an elaborate definition. I've suggested that all existing or possible forms of comics have one principle in common, which, in my view, is foundational, namely what I have called iconic solidarity—the fact that several images coexist within a given space and that they are mutually interdependent. Right. Before we dive deep into your major argument and those enchanting key concepts, could you please talk about where the point of departure is for thinking comics as a language, a code, a mode of reading, as well as a vessel for receiving information? This will help our listeners to have a fundamental understanding of a few a priori linguistic concepts, such as Ferdinand de Saussure's concept of sign as a system in which 
value functions between the signifier and the signified, since it is out of Sochuk's concept that your major argument on comics sprang. Right? There are also a few other technical terms that establish the premise of understanding your thesis, such as macro semiotics, micro semiotics, and even new semiotics. A method exemplified by Pierre Frenon Dehuel, and your approach belongs to this group of new semiotics. Is it right? Well, why do we love comics when we are children? Because they tell stories that are funny, thrilling, or enchanting. Everybody can understand, I suppose, that there's no way to tell a story without using the properties of a given language. So we all know intuitively, at a very early age, that comics are a language, a language that has the particularity to be hybrid, polysemiotic. Both verbal and visual. It's also obvious that the visual component has priority over the verbal one, since there are comics without words, such as the woodcut novels I've already mentioned, or *The Arrival* by Shantan, that manage to convey complex stories only through the sequences of images. The Western tradition has long considered that all kinds of languages. Were organized by the same principles as verbal language, but comics can't be described in linguistic terms or as codes, if only for the reason that images are based on resemblance, whereas words are not. Also, there's no such thing as a visual alphabet or a, a visual lexicon. A drawing can't be divided up into a given number of smaller, discrete, elementary units. That could be combined to create a repertoire of iconic motifs, and every different artist has their own way to represent the world. So microsemiotics can't apply to comics. For me, the basic units of the language of comics are rather the panels themselves. Of course, I'm aware that a panel. Is already a very complex item that can be described and analyzed in many ways, but the main operations involved in the language of comics, namely breakdown (in French découpage), page layout (mise en page), and possibly braiding (tressage), concern the panels and their organization in time and space, and in terms of a reading path. That is what my macrosemiotics is all about. As far as storytelling is concerned, breakdown is the key operation. You have to decide what needs to be represented so that the reader can easily imagine the rest and be able to follow your story. And the second decision you have to make is how to split the information between image and text, how to make them collaborate with each other. I don't especially refer to the term neosemiotics that was used by Pierre Frenot de Ruel at a particular stage of development of the discipline.、Mm -hmm. Well, there were also quite a few important questions that you raised prior to articulating your view of comics as pr primarily a visual language or code, or if I may, visual semiotics. In particular, questions such as what's the difference between what some people would call graphic novel. And comics, and how meanings are produced differently among filmic, novelistic, and、uh, comic representations. So, could you please help us understand these questions a little bit? 
Um, I have to confess that I'm not fond of the expression graphic novel, <laughs> a category that in my view has no other motive than a strategic or commercial one. Mm -hmm. The works that are labeled graphic novel use the language of comics, so I don't see why they could not simply be called comics. If they are to be defined by some sort of specificity, no one has been able to establish what the relevant criteria are. Is it a matter of length, format, content, form? It's obvious that one can find the same diversity within so-called graphic novels as you can in the field of regular comics. Moreover, graphic novels tend to be considered as supreme comics, comics at their best. So now we have this kind of aristocracy of comics, and the result is that the other comics tend, in contrast, to be regarded as mediocre, vulgar, or infantile. Mm -hmm. Now, I move on to your second question. Mm -hmm. How meaning is produced is precisely the core of semiotic investigation, whereas semiology is the science of science. Mm -hmm. A text, whether graphic, filmic, or novelistic, uses signs in the broader sense. The purpose of semiology is to describe them. The purpose of semiotics is to study their specific and multi-level interactions that produce meaning. But semiotics can only answer half of the question, namely, what are the material and formal mechanisms at work? How can they be used and combined to produce which kind of effects? To complete the analysis, we need the help of yet another discipline, cognitive science, because it's in the brain of the reader or viewer that the meaning is ultimately achieved. And here I declare myself incompetent. <laughs> But I have the feeling that the cognitive approaches to comics that have been proposed so far are disappointing and uh, lacking in scientific rigor. Mm -hmm. One of the key aspects of the problem is the question of how the images are understood and treated as a language of their own. Mm -hmm. Are they necessarily at some stage of the cognitive process converted into words? Scholars disagree on that point, but I tend to follow those who believe that even if an image can sometimes activate words, nevertheless, an image is more instantly deciphered than a sentence. Mm -hmm. Therefore, When there's a speech balloon in a panel, it occurs within a semantic field that's already determined by the iconic content of the panel. So here again, the image takes precedence over the text. Right. Well, there are two important concepts that undergird your major argument, which views comics as iconic solidarity. One is the concept of spatio-topical system. So could you please help us understand what it means and how significant this concept is as an intervention to the conventional and really obsolete view on comics? In a comic, the images don't replace each other like they do in a movie. They never vanish. They are printed, stable, and thus the reader can always go back to them. The reader also determines the pace of their own reading. Graphic images have a materiality, determined by their size, by their shape, by whether they are framed or not, and by their location on the page. When there are several panels on a page, they form a collection, a network, 
and they affect the general shape of the page. I coined the term spatio-topical. Topical comes from the Greek topos, which means location, because I wanted to insist on the fact that these different parameters are coordinated and form a system. For some reason, the particular question of page layout has always received a lot of attention from French comic scholars and very little from their American colleagues. Right. Another key concept that you introduced in your book is that of arthrology, which is a fascinating neologism from the Greek arthon, articulation, which deals with the study of the relations between panels, whether linear or distant. You devoted two out of three sections in your book to the principle of arthrology to describe either the linear relations of panels to each other, which is restrained arthrology, or the relations that one panel might have to others in a nonlinear sense, which is general arthrology. In the process, you introduced a very interesting term called braiding to describe the guiding principles of such an arthrology. Could you elaborate more on this concept and help us understand how this concept contributes to our understanding of the creation of meaning? Mm -hmm. Well, within a comic sequence, each panel is articulated with the previous and the following one, entering into temporal and logical relationships. But certain images that are non-adjacent can also create a dialogue between distant pages. Different sort of, sorts of links can be created between one panel and another, or a series of others, or between aspects or fragments of these panels. I elaborated the concept of braiding, tressage, to denote the order. For instance, Watchmen is entirely structured by the motif of the circle. The operations of breakdown and layout are sufficient in themselves to make comics a fully functioning language. Not all comics deploy braiding, therefore. Moreover, braiding is never essential for the construction and the understanding of the story, at least at the first level of meaning, which is satisfactory in itself. But when it's detected, it always leads to an enrichment, a deepening of the meaning. Sometimes, as I've demonstrated, it reveals the true signification of a panel or a sequence. Right. Since the publication of System of Comics in 1999, it has remained a mainstay of comic studies, providing a theoretical framework upon which scholars have built an increasingly complex discourse. Many critics consider in Comics and Narration, which is your 2013 book, you expanded that framework, moving from how comics work to what comics do, whereas the first book was primarily concerned with the interplay of panels, frames, and pages, and etc. Could you share more about your second book? In the second book, I had two distinct goals. First, I wanted to test my theory in the light of new developments such as Japanese mangas and uh, abstract comics. And second, I wanted to enlarge the theory to encompass a key question in narratology, namely the identity of the narrator, which in the case of comics is necessarily split since he is responsible for both verbal and for iconic utterances. But when I deal with storytelling, I always refrain from being prescriptive Every comic artist has 
at least an intuitive understanding of the semiotic particularities and the narrative possibilities of his medium. But their intentions, their ambitions can take so many different directions that it's just not possible to prescribe in general terms how semiotics and storytelling techniques should be used. I published yet another book in 2020, which has not been translated, about time in comics, La Bande Dessinée et le Temps. Up until then, I devoted more attention, as you said, to spatial procedures than to temporal ones. So I wanted to rebalance my system. And now at last I feel that I've delivered a substantial description of the language of comics. Well, thank you for your contribution to the field of comics. It's been such a great pleasure to talk to you, Thierry. Thank you for doing the interview and thank you for enlightening us today. Thank you very much, Claire. If you like this episode, you can show your support through theglobalnovel.com slash donate so we can keep making academic education and literature accessible to more and more listeners of the world. Thank you so much for listening.